the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Welcome to the, is it already Wednesday? You know that I actually asked my producers today, Tuesday or Wednesday, my theory, which (laughs) I'm sorry to inflict upon you. The speed with which January and February go, as soon as New Year's is here, I think it's March 1st already, and I'm practically right. Brett Stephens, formerly of the Wall Street Journal, now the New York Times, ostensibly one of their two conservative uh, columnists, the other one being Ross Douthat. And, uh, really pushing it. Well... My producer says I'm really pushing it. I that's correct, but he's not a leftist, so that that's a uh, yeah, that's a vindication concerned. of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, so Brett Stephens writes a column in today's New York Times: "The mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned?" So, of course, I've been telling you this uh, for well over a year. What all would be? This is 2023. And when did the lockdowns begin? In oh yeah, in January, in, in March of 2020. That's right, March 2020. So I, I I've been saying masks are worthless since sometime in 2020, because I read I didn't I I did not know personally. I my knowledge of masks and viruses was nil, but I did something. The odds are your doctor never did. Doctors are profoundly intellectually uncurious about their own profession, which is remarkable. If they're told something by their hospital, that's the end of the issue. If they're told something by the AMA or their uh, pediatrics association, for most doctors, that that is all that they need to know. So uh, people like my wife, which is maybe an unfair example because she does so much reading, but she knows so much more than 90% of the doctors in this country about the vaccine and about masks. And she does it because she decided to be intellectually honest. So anyway, here has the article. The the only thing I wish to note to you is the second I saw this up, and I just saw this up right before the show, I said, I have to see comments on virtually every column of the New York Times, there is a way to comment. The New York Times deprived its readers of the ability to comment on Brett Stephens' article. And that's the reason I was so curious. Well, I was curious to see if there were comments, what they were. I would love to know if New York Times readers give a damn about truth. I really did. I was curious. Would they say, wow, gee, I, I, I didn't know that. Or, oh, figures, Brett Stephens is uh, conservative and he believes, uh, he doesn't believe in the science. Of course, all the science notes that the masks are worthless. Yesterday, I had on the show one of the 
truly great people in America. Joseph Ladapo, the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, who is who is just a, a terrific human being. Where was he born? In West Africa? Do you know that? Uh, he, is that right? Is, did his parents come? Was he born here? I mean, I tell you, I, if he was born here, I hope one day he runs for president of the United States. But he was a professor of medicine, I believe at Stanford, and he... Or, UCLA. UCLA? Why do I always think Stanford? That doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Okay, UCLA. Fine. Until Rod DeSantis chose him as the chief medical person of the state of Florida. Another reason Florida is a better state a kinder state, a finer state than California. It is not run by mean people and who wish to control you. So they allowed no comments on the Brett Stephens piece. I find that very, very instructive. Oh, wait, I, I apologize. There are. Well, I got to correct an error of mine. During that segment, guess how many comments? Normally, a, co- a column in the New York Times gets a few hundred comments. Guess how many comments this has? 3,273. And my friends, I am, uh, I, 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 I can't read all 3,000. Here. Let's see. Huh. So the most popular one has 3,963 recommendations from Stephen Levin in Brooklyn, New York. The first sentence of the conclusion of the study is, quote, the high risk of bias in the trials, variation in outcome measurement, and relatively low adherence with the interventions during the studies hampers drawing firm conclusions it goes on to say where where is uh where where is that located i haven't seen those comments have you that's from the study there is uh, yeah from the study yeah there is uncertainty about the effects of face masks and there is a need for large well-designed rcts what's an rct well, this is, this is not a, it was not a random control test. I know the word random was in there. I assume it's, if it's random, it's controlled. Addressing the effectiveness of many of these interventions. In other words, not the conclusion in your headline and article. So the, fi- the most popular comment in the, uh, in, in the New York Times says, Brett Stephens draws the wrong conclusion, masks probably do work. Let's see what the second most popular comment is. The study said that masks did nothing because people didn't wear them properly or consistently. I told you, they're in denial. I, this, this, I, I, I'm so happy they have comments. That's not the same thing as them inherently not working. Notice how surgeries are still masked environments. Oh my God, are these people stupid? That's the second most popular comment in the New York Times. 
If you want an insight into the left-wing mind, just read the comments at the New York Times or the Washington Post. Wow. Did you ever notice that surgeons wear masks? It's painful. It has nothing to do with virus. Nothing. He doesn't want to cough or sneeze or spit, have saliva drop into an open human being. Or perhaps even something fly up from his cutting into his face. Wow. Let's see the, uh, yeah, here it is. Michelle is the third most popular comment at the New York Times. I read the data study last week. It basically concluded that masking didn't work because people didn't mask properly. Or consistently. The author left out that critical detail. They're in denial. They're in denial. They they say follow the science. It's another left-wing lie. They follow the scientists they want. Do you know, by the way, in this age of global warming, they are now predicting a blizzard, blizzard conditions in California for this weekend. Did, did you know that? Yeah. Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, has that ever happened? It's very rare. Let's put it that way. Blizzard in Southern California? Yeah, even in Southern California. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I have no idea if it'll happen. Uh, the fourth most popular comment, Mr. Stephens, we expect better from you. You misstated the conclusions of the study, as ably pointed out by several comments preceding this one, and deployed them in support of ideological, not scientific arguments. So uh, please understand... These readers, these left-wing readers of the New York Times, know better than the Cochrane study regarded universally in, in medicine and in science as the most honest scientific studies that are done. And it was, there were six different countries involved in it. But the New York Times reader who is on the left knows better. There is no hope for the left. Truth is not a left-wing value. Here is living proof. I give you proof of it every single day. They don't care. They want to believe like babies like to believe in pacifiers. Leftists like to believe in masks. And lockdowns. And depriving you of joys of life. Like what was the what was that the latest list? So they, they, they don't allow gas, uh, gas stoves. That they, by the way, when they said that, and then when conservatives said, wow, now it's gas stoves, they said, what are you talking about? Whoever said the government's going to come after gas stoves? That's what they said. These are children. The leftist is a child. I have, a, I have a very interesting piece on that, about kids not getting driver's licenses back when they come back. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. Doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. 
No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. You have to understand that the left-right divide is not over policy, although there is one, obviously. It is literally over reality. As one of the Harry Potter actors said, a trans man is a man and a trans woman is a woman. And he didn't say this, but he might have. But they say men give birth. America was founded in 1619. Slavery built the country. And it, it, it is America systemically racist. It is, it is a battle over reality. It's the only thing left and right agree on. We don't agree about reality. So all these New York Times readers blasting Brett Stephens for reporting on the report that I have reported to you, the Cochrane Report. Oh, you're wrong. The Cochrane Report doesn't say that masks don't work. So I've read it. And they've read it, and this is what they say. You ever see on the internet somebody blow a smoke through a or, or, or one of the masks that our people use? So a nurse writes in, of course, the regular masks don't work. The N95 masks work. If I had to wear an N95 masks, mask and there were a country, in other words, there was some national mandate to do so and i could i could not uh escape being imprisoned if i did not wear an n95 mask i would have to leave the country i would be so sick from breathing in but they don't work but they don't work either they actually mentioned n95 but if they were the only thing that worked uh, i would prefer to risk covid than to wear an N95 mask all day. See, the, all of life, this is something the left loathes, all of life is a trade-off. That's why the one of the most important statements ever made about economics is, if you want to understand economics, no, there are no free lunches. There is a price paid. Surgeons wear them because it, they're not protecting themselves against viruses. They're protecting themselves against saliva and blood and then mucus, etc., and protecting the patient whose body is opened. Here's a question for you. Unless forced by the hospital, the surgeons, well, better, Prior to the hysteria of the left and and the in the COVID era, did surgeons wear masks in hospitals after their surgery, or did they immediately remove them? Hmm. 
but there were people with airborne diseases in hospitals all the time. Why didn't they keep their masks on? Do you ever remember meeting a doctor with a mask? You certainly didn't meet your surgeon with a mask because you were out like the dead when he was wearing or she was wearing her mask, his mask, their mask, Z mask. Wow. So here's a perfect example, the fourth most popular comment, with 1,344 people recommending it. Pretty much the precise deployment of ideological cherry-picking that we've all come to expect from American conservatives in 2023. Confirmation bias at its finest. There you go. Yes, when we tell you that it is evil to take a girl's breasts off because she says that she is a boy, and then we bring you the people who actually say that they are so angry at the despicable doctors, therapists. Did I mention therapists? I'm not sure I mentioned therapists. Who said, of course you should have your breasts taken off. You're Charlie. Well, Charlie can go both ways. Anyway, you're whatever name you want to be, and of course you're whatever sex you want to be, because sex is 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 fluid. And they show, show studies to confirm that. So whenever we bring forth the people who ha- were mutilated for life by doctors and surgeons and therapists... They say that that is just cherry-picking. Really, people are happy when they do that. In light of that, there is a young woman. How old is she, actually? Is she 30? How old is this woman in Canada? Hmm. She's in her 30s. She's in, she's in her 30s. So did you put the story up? Because I, I have the story and I actually I contributed to her therapy fund. I did send it to you last night. I know. I read that. That's the one I have. I have this. I, actually, I even had it before you sent it. Yeah, put it in again. So there's this young woman, and she uh, uh, she describes the speed with which these despicable therapists said, of course you should have your breast taken off. You're a boy when she had mental problems that had nothing to do with gender dysphoria. So she is suing the therapists and the hospital, and I think that's great. That is a despicable industry. Just remember, when it is done in the name of Islam genital mutilation, these people condemn it. But in the name of left-wing religion, it's noble. Hi everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. One of the callers, I won't be taking the call because he calls a lot and I, I, I try not to, if I recognize a name in the city, I, uh, it means that they call in a lot and I feel bad for the people who don't get in. But he accuses me correctly of... Uh, that I'm doing exactly what I'm accusing others of. I believe in the scientists that I agree with. 
uh, because, but there's a reason for that. And if we both acknowledge that, that the left finds its scientists and the conservatives find their scientists, then why don't they just have a debate? That would, that would be a, a very good thing to do. But they don't debate, they shut down. And therefore I know they're lying. Whoever censors is generally the liar. So uh, if, if a doctor recommended to a patient in the early stages of COVID hydroxychloroquine with zinc and or ivermectin, the doctor was called, uh, and sometimes callers who say they're doctors would say that they are uh, frauds, they're, they're medical frauds. The charlatans, these doctors. So that's the difference. I would have loved Vladimir Zelenko, the late Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who saved, I don't know, a thousand lives in Brooklyn. Uh, I, I knew nothing. I never heard of hydroxychloroquine. I never heard of ivermectin. I knew nothing about the issue. I was a fellow citizen listening to people just like every other citizen. I even believed medical authorities, although I, ha I had begun decades earlier to start believing that truth was not a big value in medicine even, when they said 50,000 people a year died of secondhand smoke. That was the giveaway to me that they lied, that the Mayo Clinic has on its website that cigar smoking is as dangerous as cigarette smoking. That is a pure lie, pure. It's not it's not a difficult issue. It's it's not a white lie. It's a complete lie. So I admit that I had a a, a a tiny bit of doubt that I was being led by honest people. But what did I know? Then I kept reading about what lockdowns would do. And to make a long story short, I turned out right on, on all these issues. Lockdowns were vile. Kids' lives were crushed. Teachers' unions were vile. I was right on every one of these issues, every single one, about the vaccine being a test. And I didn't come out against the vaccine. I never took the vaccine, but I never came out against it. I, I came out against it for children. If you wanted to get a vaccine, get a vaccine. If you were healthy, the chances of your dying from COVID, if you also took therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine and zinc and ivermectin and others, the later monoclonals, then the chances are that you would uh, survive. I had COVID twice. I was so healthy during the COVID that I actually broadcast. One time, I actually gave speeches because I didn't know I had COVID till I tested myself after the after the two speeches I gave. Nobody that I know of, in in either case, got COVID from me. And the coup de grace is actually the medical profession and the gender issue. Now, now I really know that their commitment to truth is nil, nil. Their commitment to lies is actually much greater than their commitment to truth. Well, some people are starting to fight back, and I want you to hear one right now. 
will will obviously break for a break, but the whole thing is three minutes. You can watch her because we are also on uh, the show is also on video. At the Salem News Channel, if you're interested. The transitioner files first lawsuit in Canada against medical providers. A woman in Ontario who identified as transgender and underwent hormone therapy, a bilateral mastectomy, and a hysterectomy. So she had her breasts removed on the recommendation of therapists, and doctors then did it. A lot of sick people, morally sick people in the medical profession at this time, especially in therapy, but also there's no fight back by doctors. Many investment advisors have been recommending cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. They claim it's the new gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Why would you buy the new gold when you can buy real gold and silver? which have maintained value for thousands of years versus the highly volatile crypto market. When I purchase gold and silver, I do so from my friend, and I don't often say my friend in these ad copies, Nick Grovich, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion. I like the fact that it's tangible. I can hold it and control how it's stored, unlike digital currency that's held in a digital wallet. I want to preserve my wealth, which is far from the case with Bitcoin spiraling drop in price. Nick's been in the precious metals industry for over 41 years, and he has established a reputation built on trust, transparency, and fair pricing. Call Nick and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion to take advantage of his honest advice and extensive expertise. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. The Male Female Hour. Every Wednesday, the second hour of my radio program. I'm Dennis Prager. Most honest talk about men and women I am aware of. There might be equally or even more elsewhere, but I'm not aware of it. And as I tell you just about every week, part of the reason is I don't shy away from any topics. And I am not a man fan or a woman fan. I'm a good person fan. They come in both sexes. There are only two sexes, incidentally. This is not an announcement I had to make at the first 15 or so years of my male-female hour. It's amazing that this is not attacked by left-wing monitors of the show. Dennis Prager says there were only two sexes. And Dennis Prager keeps the name of his hour male-female. Do you realize how retro that is? Wow. It's really unwoke. Male-female hour. This should be the male-female and other hour. But it isn't. It's about men and women, and that is the way the human species is divided. Last week was part one. There was a piece in the New York Times, and I didn't even deal with the piece. The piece was not... It was, it was interesting, but not, not, not worthy, uh, I believe, of, the, of, of an hour of the show. The, it was by a woman writer, have more sex, please, that women and men are not having enough sex these days. And 
she was particularly uh, talking about uh, singles. But that was not my subject. My subject were the comments, and there were 1,753 comments. And I read, I read about 100 of them. Fascinating. The women writing about the dating situation and how they can't find a man because they're looking for somebody who believes in 50-50. And men just who believe in 50-50 are very rare. In other words, 50% of the housework, 50% of the income, 50% of the time if, with children, if there are children, the, the egalitarian men are very rare. So we spoke about that and other laments that women have, many of which I find valid, incidentally, with regard to dating men. But now we're going to reverse the situation and talk about the laments that men have in trying to date and find a woman, perhaps even to marry. And interestingly, there was a pattern among the men's comments. And I'll bet you will not guess what that pattern was. I should have asked you before I told you it's too bad. I wonder if you'd have guessed. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if I would have guessed. I, I know this to be true, but I don't know if I would have guessed that. What is the lament most often noted, I'll be very precise, by New York Times men who are dating? So presumably men in their 20s, 30s, and perhaps 40s responding to this column. And generally speaking, the pattern was that young women are not interested in getting married. They're interested in developing their career. And they have no time for men. Maybe they'll do a hookup here and there, or nothing, more often nothing. Hookup does not generally correspond to female human nature. And they're just too busy, as one male writer put it, they're too busy to seriously date. They're too busy focusing on their career. So, my dear listeners, does this resonate with you? If you are a woman, uh, let's say under 40, if you have a woman under 40 in your life, let's say your daughter, you can comment on this. If you are a dating man, who, not I don't mean dating at 60, but dating under 40, are you finding this, that women just don't have time for pursuit of a man, for dating, because they're concentrating on their career. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-
And it's even doesn't have to be in my life. They may not know who I am. It could just be somebody I'm next to in line waiting to board a flight or seated next to, whatever it might be. And it is fascinating because I asked the question, if you could be given one guarantee in life, either a guarantee of a great income or the guarantee of a great marriage, And it doesn't mean you cannot have the other. It only means one is guaranteed. 50-50. And I can't predict who it will be. Women could have tattoos and say, great marriage. Women look utterly conservative and say, great career. There's no way of predicting. At least I have no way of predicting. I asked a woman yesterday, in fact... And, oh yes, this was perfect. I remember the answer. So, uh, so I would say the woman is in, was in her late 20s, very attractive woman. And I asked her the question. Uh, so, But I didn't, I didn't do the guarantee question. I just asked, so uh, are, you, um, are you dating much? And said, uh, sometimes. Not not an enthusiastic answer. And by the way, the woman is conservative, works for a conservative organization, in fact. So I said, well, are you, uh, uh, is it, it, I don't remember, that's why I'm hesitating, the exact words. I remember her answer, but I don't remember. I, I asked her something to the effect, are you, uh, are you hoping to get married? And I got an answer, a one-word answer, that I often get from women, young, younger women, eventually. Isn't that great? Eventually. <laughs> it is so rare that a woman under 30 will say, Man, that is really my hope. I really, I really hope to get married. So when these men write in the New York Times comments section on this article, yeah, what am I going to do, though? I do want to get married. And... Young women can't be bothered with the issue because they're they're too busy working on their career. That resonates with me in in the dialogues that I have with young women. One of the many, 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 many life changing realizations I have come to, in other words, things that forced me to consider a proposition about life that I had never considered is this. I never realized, well, yeah, well, I never realized till I realized, which is almost silly because that's true for everything you realize. Nevertheless, I never realized or I hadn't realized that society and culture are so powerful that they could tell you 
that you're not what you are. It is women's nature to bond. And the culture in which we live has successfully told them there are more important things than bonding. Or, of course, having children. 1-8 Prager 776. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Male female hour. South Korea's fertility rate falls to a record low, and now it is the the rate is now less than one child per woman, and you need more than one child per woman to at least not go backwards. And it is happening as well in Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, China. It's starting to happen in the United States. Women who are uh, preoccupied with career and not with making a family. So I have uh, devoted two parts to this issue, the laments that single women have about men, as personified in a New York Times column and the reader's reactions, and now the uh, the men lament, and the male lament was they're they're just not interested in getting married. These women, of course, it's a generalization, but I, I can only tell you from my own anecdotal evidence, like the one I just said to you. So you you're hoping to get married eventually. And when I was a young man, women didn't say eventually; they would say, "Of course, I hope to get married." And then the idea arose among the intellectuals that there is much greater satisfaction outside the home than inside the home. Look at all these happy men going to work every day. We can do the same thing, go to work every day. What do we need men or children for? I could be in DEI. I I can be a professor of gender studies. I can be a lawyer, whatever the B is. Great satisfaction there. Okay, let's see. 
Val in Seattle, Washington. Hello. How are you, Dennis? Okay, thank you. Are you there, Dennis? Well, I don't know why you don't hear me. I hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you, Dennis. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so at the age of 50, 55, I decided I wanted to remarry. I really like being married. I like being part of building something. So I, in a typical engineer fashion, went out and uh, joined eight dating sites and looked at a thousand profiles and uh, corresponded with about 250 women, dated about 20. So you can see it was a pretty uh, precise and exhaustive process. And what I found shocked me that across the board, women in the ages of 45 to 55 told me they did not want to remarry. They wanted somebody to buy their dinner on Sunday night, have sex with them, and be gone by 9 o'clock Sunday morning. And then they wanted to get on with their lives, and you could show up again the next Saturday night. And I'm being somewhat generalized, but that's, I mean, that's really pretty much it. So you're you're agreeing with the commenters, the male commenters? Yes, absolutely. So my my travel eventually, like millions of men, took me to Southeast Asia, and I I married an amazing woman, and she's, you know, we're, we're, we got a great life. What, uh, what country? Philippines. And, you know, there were a lot of American women that I knew that were very angry when I did that and asked, why would I do that? And I just said, listen to yourself. But the interesting thing, you ask a question. You said that these women are saying, why do I need men and children? The answer to that is because their decisions are destroying the society that afforded them those options and privileges and very possibly subsequent generations of women won't have those options because the society is going to change and we don't know exactly if it's going to be well it is it is it is going to gradually disappear if you don't have children that's correct so you know that was a very interesting call i thank you for it so it's interesting i'm I'm now questioning myself, which I always do. Maybe it's, is it possible? It is not built into women to want to bond and have a child or have children. Maybe that was a cultural value. And we assumed, just like we assumed love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Well, that's not it's not any longer the case maybe everything is a value maybe very little is built in i'm just throwing this out as a possibility for those of us who utilize the bible as the greatest resource of wisdom about human beings i am one of them so god instructs adam and eve Be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. Well, God only gives commandments for the same reason that governments only give laws, because without the law, people would not do it. That's the reason for a law. There's no law to breathe. People breathe on their own. Maybe being fruitful and multiplying is not all that natural. 
certainly in the age of birth control. And people needed to be told by God to do it. I don't know. I'm throwing out a self-questioning idea. So here's the, the larger question. Is there such a thing, and there has to be, because there's male nature, there has to be female nature. So is it natural to females to want to bond with a man and have children? Or is that all socially, culturally induced? It's a branch of the question that I am posing on this male-female hour. We resume. Hello, everybody. Male-female hour. Wednesday's the second hour of my program. This is part two of men and women dating. And the lament of many women in the comments section of a New York Times piece saying that they they just can't find the man that uh, wants to do 50-50 and or they're just very happy with their lives the way they are and men writing to my fascination that a lot of women are just preoccupied especially younger women with their careers and are just not interested in men at least at this time So your comments on that are what I have invited. Okay. And Drew in Perrington, Michigan. Hello. I'm good. How are you today? Well, thank you. Yeah, so um, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with what you've been saying so far. A lot of women do want to... uh, um, concentrate more on their careers. So I'm a single father for about seven years now. Um, and I have, I've seen a lot of women who, uh, don't want to date a single father. If they don't have kids of their own, a, a major thing with women is they don't want to get involved with someone who's a, a stand up dad and, you know, fighting for full custody of their daughter or any of the drama. It's not their kid, you know, don't, don't want to be around it. Or single mothers is a real big one. Cause I mean, there's tons of single mothers in the world these days. And they want you there 100% of the time for their kids, but, you know, they don't want to be with someone, you know, who has a child of their own is one of the things that I'm seeing quite a bit um, over the last seven years. That's even true for a single mother, not just a single woman who doesn't have a child? So I, I, from my experience, more single mothers um, don't want to be with a good, they want to be with a good man who's going to be there for their kids, but... You know, they don't want to reciprocate that, you know. So, I mean, I've um, been in a few relationships that, you know, trying to see if it would work with kids. I don't think it's good to bring the child in and say, you know, this is the new girlfriend, right? Um, that's one thing that my daughter's mother does that I try not to do. Um, you know, I want to see if we connect more before I want to be like, this is going to be your stepmom, you know. And a lot of single moms, you know, I... I want to be there. I want to be with my, my child. I want to be with their child. And it, it's one of the things that if it's going to work, you know, needs to be equal from both parents. But a lot of single moms, you know, they're too preoccupied uh, 
you know, with their children and want you there. All you right, know, yeah, well, children. all right, I got that, and I, I thank you. That's certainly a perspective I had not heard, and I, I have no comment other than to learn and find out if others have a similar experience. Uh, okay, and uh, let's see here. St. Petersburg, Florida. Scott, hello. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Well, thank you. I have, um, I think, the opposite. Uh, two daughters in their 20s, uh, both well-educated, high-achieving, employed, who both got married at 23, right out of college. How do you explain that? Um, you, you, my best guess is that they saw how um, happily married uh, their mother and I are and hmm. wanted, to, wanted to have the same thing. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, you've, you've added a, a new issue into here. I'd like to know if the women who say eventually are not particularly keen on getting married because they're pursuing a career, if they come from homes of good marriages, and how does how does a good marriage affect your view? You would think it's a simple thing, but I don't think it's a simple thing. I think there were kids, kids, there are young adults from wonderful marriages who are still preoccupied with career. I think there are people from divorced homes that are happily pursuing, or not happily, just pursuing getting married. I don't know if there's a connection. He he does because in his case there seems to have been, but I don't I don't know if there is. Which is not a euphemism for saying I think there isn't. I just want to make that clear. I just don't know. I know there are people who say, "Oh, you know, my my parents divorced. I don't I don't want to do. I don't. I'm afraid of marriage." So I asked them, "If your parents were in a car crash, would you be afraid of driving?" Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I'm having a ball in a sick way, I admit it. It's a sort of perverse pleasure. I've always had fascination, even preoccupation, with reading what I loathe. That's that's exactly why I studied Russian, to be able to read Pravda, the Soviet communist newspaper, which I did regularly in college. 
And now I'm reading the comments of New York Times readers to Brett Stephens' article summarizing the, the most prestigious group that studies these things, the Cochrane Group or the Cochrane Study. What is it called? The Cochrane... What is the exact name of it? The yeah, new Cochrane Study on Masks and covid the verdict ought to be the death knell for mask mandates, writes the City Journal. But that would require the CDC and the rest of the public health establishment to forsake, quote, the science. Anyway, uh, it, it, it's the gold standard of for medical evidence. It's the, formerly the Cochrane Co- Collaboration, world's largest and most respected organization for evaluating health interventions. It's even funded by the NIH and other nations' health agencies. It is called by WHO as the best single resource for methodological health care. Excuse me, methodological research. Recognized worldwide as the highest standard in evidence-based health care. It's published the Cochrane Review. Anyway, they came out and... There's uh, the the lead author of the Cochrane Review summarized it. There is just no evidence that masks make any difference, full stop. I've read to you a lot about this, and now Brett Stevens has written about it, the, the basically the only conservative at the uh, New York Times who hired him because he hates Donald Trump. They, there's not been any Trump defender of the hundred or so columnists for the New York Times. Every single comment of the 3,000 that exists, every single one that I have read, of the first 20, and it's in order of recommendations by other commenters, says what a lie Brett Stevens is spreading. One of my favorite is from a... A man who's identical, or a woman who identifies him or herself as a physician. So I pointed out the first hour, this is really, really uh, a big deal. We don't agree on reality. It's not that we have just different opinions left and right. We don't agree on reality. The left believed that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. They believed that the Biden notebook, the Hunter Biden notebook, was Russian disinformation. They believe men give birth. I mean, we're talking about an alternate universe of reality. They agree, by the way. The left agrees. We on the right, in their view, we live in a different universe of reality. It's the only thing left and right agree on, is that they don't not only differ on opinion, and values, they don't even agree on what is true. That's big. That's a big deal. So, the there's no chance. That's why I say it's un, it's an unbridgeable gap between the left and right. All these hoaxes, all the race hoaxes which incidentally is proof of how little racism there is in the United States, because if there's real racism, you don't need hoaxes. 
There were no Jewish hoaxes of anti-Semitism in Nazi Germany. We are filled with hoaxes, which the left, being the liars that they are, and by the way, one of us is lying. I just got to make that clear. Since we have opposite views, my claim is that on campuses, most of the time that there is a noose or an N-word or racist graffiti, it is not a white racist who did it. It is usually a minority person or a leftist who did it. One of us is wrong. We can't both be right. If you say two and two is four and one says two and two is five, one of you must be wrong. So, But you know what? I'll tell you why there's so little hope. Who was just telling me the, the other day? Oh, I know who. Julie, with whom I do this incredibly... Uh, important podcast. That's how I look at it. It's incredibly important. Dennis and Julie. Every week it goes up. And and I I commend it to you and especially to your children. The 12-year-old girl wrote to Julie saying that she watches it over and over and over to learn about life. It was really a powerful letter. But it's for people of every age. Anyway, she was telling me that somebody she knows well, I won't go beyond that, not to give it away, she asked, she, Julie, asked this person who's a liberal, or a leftist, I didn't know which one, and went through every name of every major conservative figure, and she had not heard of one. You ever hear of Jordan Peterson? Who's Jordan Peterson? Ever hear of Dennis Prager? Who's Dennis Prager? Ever hear of Tom Sowell? Who's Tom Sowell? Ever hear of Larry Elder? Larry Elder ran for governor of California, and she never heard of him. She doesn't live in in California, but still. She had heard the name Ben Shapiro, but she didn't know uh, anything beyond that. That's part of the reason that they have a different reality. They, They only read leftists. We don't. We read leftists and rightists. We have no choice. It's not just nobility on the part of conservatives. In my part, it's nobility because I really want to know what these people say. These comments are staggering. Whew. Mr. Stephens, we expected better from you. You misstated the conclusions of the study. I thought the guy who... uh, Let's see. The lead author of this study, of the Cochrane Review, summed up the science. Tom Jefferson, there's just no evidence that masks make any difference, full stop. That's the British way of saying period. Wow. A recent CDC reports that N95s reduced one's odds of infection by a factor of six relative to unmasked individuals, writes Smarty Pants in Edison, New Jersey. That's very significant in terms of reducing the rate of illness for vulnerable individuals. What does that mean of infection? What does that mean? Is it is that pertain to virus? And is, if it's N95, then at least you acknowledge the others are useless. You know how many people write here, why do surgeons wear masks? If they're useless, 
Do you realize the ignorance of these people writing in? Surgeons don't wear it to protect themselves from viruses. <laughs> wow, it's really something. The findings are basically nonsense, writes B. Chad in Brooklyn. Mask mandates helped limit the spread of the virus. Common sense prevails here. The virus spreads through nasal passages. If they are covered up, the virus cannot enter a person's system. That's just not true. If they're covered up, they do enter a person's system. The person wrote nonsense, literally nonsense, but it doesn't matter. It's what he believes. Everyone has to wear a mask. Science? Really? I am sorry, but masks saved the lives of many people in 2020, 2021, and still do. And still do. Well, this person probably wears one while walking outdoors in Brooklyn. Now you know how they think. Pretty much the precise deployment of ideological cherry-picking that we've all come to expect from American conservatives in 2023. Writes Patrick C. in Sacramento. Uh, Where is my uh, favorite, the, the doctor? Oh, this one says, Celia in California, the studies aren't using the right designs and metrics at all capitalized at all. Uh. Okay. I'm mesmerized by these, uh, the reactions of these people. It's... You realize that the average New York Times reader thinks it was a good idea to mask two-year-olds? Do you realize that? The average New York Times reader probably believes it was a good idea to shut schools for two years. Wow. And the average New York Times reader, never heard of the Daily Wire, maybe heard of PragerU, but certainly hasn't watched five minutes of it. Never heard of American Greatness. Never heard of City Journal. Never heard of the Claremont Review of Books. Never heard of any any of these magnificent publications that differ with the New York Times. So no wonder they they are so certain that men give birth. They haven't read anything to the contrary. I'd like you to hear a teacher speaking. Is what did she speak at a school board meeting in in, in Arizona? What what is what do we know about her? We know where the school is exactly. I'm not sure whether it was either the school board or the Arizona State Legislature. Is there so? Is a teacher speaking either at the Arizona State Legislature or a school board meeting? It's very brief. Let's hear it. Rick, you got it? Can you play it? I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. 
What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. That's perfect. That's perfect. I have a master's degree. You don't. Shut up. That's why you should take your kids out of school. People like that are teaching your kids. They think you're an idiot. They do. Who the hell are you to tell us that we should not have drag queen story hour? Your five-year-old needs to see men dressed as women and sometimes removing some pieces of clothing in a faux strip maneuver. As I saw, I saw myself in a videoed drag queen story hour. We have a master's degree, and you're going to tell us that drag queen story hour is not right for a five-year-old? You're going to tell us with master's degrees that we shouldn't tell kids that sex is not binary? You, that, in fact, there's much more than boy and girl and male and female? You're going to tell us not to call... Excuse me, you're going to tell us to call our students boys and girls? You don't have a master's degree. Who the hell do you think you are? And that is the beauty of the world of the left. They tell you, you don't think. You listen to those with degrees, quote-unquote experts. Experts said you locked down kids for two years. What do you parents know watching your kids deteriorate for two years? What do you know? You're just a damn parent. We have a master's. By the way, I would love to know what her master's degree is in. What if it's in, let us say, education? That means she's probably a fool. It is extremely difficult to go to a school of education and not be a fool. A fool is a very bad thing, by the way. Fool is one notch above evil because fools produce evil. Wisdom is the antithesis, and you get no wisdom at a school of education that is knocked out of you probably within the first six months. I'd like to know what her master's is in and if it's even relevant. What if she has a master's in gender studies? What if she has a, well, that would be relevant, ironically. What if she has a master's in history? Is she qualified to teach anything but history? Does she only teach history? Yeah. So parents, shut the hell up. We know what's best for your children. You don't. They believe that. All cults believe that parents are nuisances. The first thing cults do is remove parental authority from that of the cult member. The first thing they do, and that's what the left does. The left finds divine authority and parental authority to be their mortal enemies. And they're right, just for the record. That's why I have come to believe that Honor your father and mother may be the most important of the Ten Commandments. A lot of good stuff follows from that, and a lot of evil follows 
from the dishonoring of parents, which is exactly what the left does. Like this teacher. What do you know about what's good for your children? You know how recent it is in human history that the state educates your children? It it was perfect example of something that started out with good motives. We want to assimilate all these immigrant groups in America. And the public school will be a perfect place. They'll learn English. They'll learn to love the United States. They'll learn to feel and be an American. That was, how, that was why it was started. And now look at it. It hates America and it hates the parents. It hates everything that's normative. It's like the income tax. It started out at 1%. <laughs> 1%. They had to pass an amendment to make an income tax. An amendment to the Constitution. And now look. 1-8 Prager 776. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. That was really one of the great statements by this teacher I have a master's degree, so I know much better than parents what should be taught at school. That ends the issue. So who doesn't know better than parents? Everybody. The government knows better than parents. Teachers know better than parents. Doctors certainly know better than parents. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your kid out of school. Oh, sure, they should be mastered two years of age. It's not a problem if children don't see a face for for outside of the immediate family for two years. No, that's not an issue at all. Maybe we have uh, no faith that your degree means a damn thing in the United States of America or much of the Western world. In fact, the odds are if you have a master's or Ph.D., you are not particularly deep or clear thinking. That is my view. I went to graduate school. I left to write a book, so I didn't finish my thesis. But I was at graduate school at Columbia University. And when I think of my fellow students there and their views, they believed that men and women were basically the same and they were going to get a Ph.D. And the non-Ph.D. who believes men and women are not basically the same, who is more likely to believe men give birth? People with advanced degrees or people with no advanced degrees? Oh, that that would have been a beauty to ask this teacher. Really? So a master's qualifies you better than parents with no master's? So who is more likely to say men give birth, men menstruate? Birthing persons, chest feed. Who's more likely to say those things? People with advanced degrees or people without advanced degrees, Madam Teacher? Oh, to have been there and posed those questions to this woman. Well, that uh, that was a precious moment. That's what they think. They're better than you. So if they're better than us, how come the school's records now in producing kids who can read at uh, at the level of their grade 
Who can do any subject at the level of their grade is so poor? Hmm? You have a master's. Are you proud of the results uh, that teachers have produced in our elementary schools and high schools? That's a fair question to ask as well. All right. Let's go to Staten Island, New York. And Alex, hello. It's Elliot. Dennis, thank you. Whoa-oh. That's a bad one. No, it's not. My uh, No, it my is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 hold on. Don't you go away. What do you do? I'm going to learn to be more professional. That's what you're going to do. That was to our dear screener. And Alex and Elliot ain't even close. Okay, hello. Yes. I just wanted to come out. You mentioned about taxes, that it went from 1% all the way up to God knows what we're paying now. But taxation is really a form of slavery. And after reading your rational Bible and understanding, you know, uh, when the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt, they, they used to tax us with other burdens. And when you tax people and you keep them down monetarily, you're really keeping them as slaves because all they do is they continue to work, work, and work, and never climb out above it. Bless your soul. Of course that's true. Now, everybody acknowledges it was even true before income tax. There were excise taxes and there were duties and import taxes, of course, this was all understood. There has to be a government. But if you don't regard taxation as legalized theft, then what is it? People vote to take your money away. In, in California, what is it, one-half of 1% of the residents of California, I'm one of them, pay 40% of the taxes of California. So you have 60% of the people, or to be more precise, basically uh, almost half of the country, which pays very little in income tax, votes for the rest to pay a lot of income tax. Why not? What a great deal. You know, I've been thinking about the many people who have a degree from Princeton, Yale, Columbia, UP, Stanford, Berkeley. Do you know how increasingly many, many Americans don't think that that's worthy of being proud of? Do you know what the left has done to the dollar? They have done to college and graduate school degrees. They have rendered them largely worthless in people's minds. Now, half the country still thinks it's a big deal, but they think it because of hundreds of years of heritage by the way, Columbia, which is uh, voted the least free speech university in the country, 
and whose medical school now has you chant a pledge to diversity and equity if you're an incoming medical student. Columbia's become what I call Yale, a cesspool. And they they are so dishonest that it's painful. They don't observe Columbus Day, but they keep the name Columbia. Columbia is spelled with a U, not like the country with an O. It's named after Columbus. The university that won't celebrate Columbus Day keeps the name named after Columbus because it'll lose a lot of money and prestige. What are they going to name it? The Cleveland Indians changed their name to the Guardians. That's what I think Columbia should do, Guardian University or Indigenous Peoples University. That would be really appropriate because we've changed Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. So this should be Indigenous Peoples University. Oh, really? Where'd you get your degree? At Indigenous Peoples. Oh, no kidding. IPU, exactly. That's right. So listen to this from Princeton, that wasteland from the great college fix. Princeton lecture highlights it, it. I have to admit, I fully admit this. I couldn't have come up with this. Even Babylon B could not have come up with this. Princeton lecture highlights quote, erotic relations between blackness, soil, and dead, as in dead matter. Sean understands that because it's interesting. He has often mentioned to me that he has found a relationship between blackness, soil, and sex, and death. Yes, you're surprised I don't. Dirt eating associated with blackness is objectifying and possibly dangerous but also could be spiritual, erotic, or a way to resist capitalism and slavery, scholar argues. Proud of your Princeton degree? Princeton University hosted an online event with Kimberly Bain, oh, shockingly, a female professor. An English professor, the University of British Columbia, Vancouver, who explored... The symbolism of soil. You understand what this means? These people are profoundly bored. Ennui, the French word, really gets to the heart of it more than boredom. Their soul is bored. The bored are dangerous and usually vapid. The symbolism of soil, black alchemical practices and eating out the dead. Bain's event titled Black Soil was attended by the College Fix, the the reporting group here. The February 15th event, so it's just last week, 
explored, quote, the erotic relations between blackness, soil, and dead matter. Do you feel vindicated or not, Sean? Finally, Princeton has acknowledged something you've said to me all these years. Whenever the two of us have been outside and he has seen soil, he goes, you know, the erotic is inherent. The event explored the erotic relations between blackness, soil, and dead, which disrupt and refuse the circuits of racial capitalism that establish both black bodies and soil as sites of resource depletion and commodification. That's a direct quote on the event page. I don't know any Danish, but I would have a better chance with a Danish sentence than with that one. The Eco Theories Colloquium presentation was derived from Bain's upcoming book, Dirt, Soil, and Other Dark Matter. I turned to dirt for understanding how blackness, a series of relations, that have emerged as part of extractive and accumulative logics has shaped global considerations of the Anthropocene and refused the extractive relations of racial capitalism, Bain wrote on the book's website. Wow. That's, that's deep. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com